Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. And today with me I have Kelly Jones who is a bridal fitter but there is loads more into it which Kelly's going to go into it both of us bless us have had wi-fi issues before we start recording so fingers crossed we'll make the episode so hi Kelly how are you doing I'm good thank you um thank you so much for coming on and I know there's going to be loads of things that you can talk to us about like um, bridal fitting and um everything else so would you mind starting from the very very beginning of like your equestrian career like was it something that you've always wanted to do or how did you get into where you're at now? Um, so I've been with horses my whole life. I've ridden practically my whole life. Um, I I knew from a very early age that I probably wanted to do something with horses, um, but um, I struggled with school quite a lot. I have quite severe dyslexia, so I didn't want to do anything sort of too office-based. Um, I also struggle hugely with the cold weather. Um, luckily, obviously, it's nice and sunny in spring, like at the moment. But in January, um, I, I have severe chill blains. Um, I, I literally have to waddle around the yard when I put my riding boots on um, with because of the chill blains. And uh, yeah, I, I so I knew that I couldn't work with horses directly all the time. Um, I was thinking of like when I was younger, going, oh, maybe I'd be a farrier or um, I even went down looking at zookeepers, uh, kind of, yeah, very sort of out there um, uh, sort of industries. And it was just by chance that I had my saddle fitter out. Um, and it was when I was, it's about 2010, she said to me, oh, why don't you look into saddlery? Um, obviously, it's quite creative and, and things like that. And she said, and also, there is a real need for harness makers. Um so I was like, oh, okay, then literally started um, when I was 16. I went on a course to learn how to make belts and dog collars and something really simple, just to sort of gauge whether I liked it or not. Um, and, and literally the rest is history. I have had a bug with leather um, and making things from my, like ever since. Um, I um, finished my GCSEs and my parents wanted me to do my A-levels. So I did my A-levels and right after that, I was like, right, I want to go into saddlery now. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I was looking for an apprentice in the area. Sadly, there wasn't any that could take me on. Um, so you can actually still become a saddler. Everyone thinks you have to be an apprentice, but you can still become a saddler um, uh, or a bent saddler. Um, doing um but you were just self-funded so the government won't pay you um where you there's two places in the country that you can turn take your exams um Capel Manor College which is a full-time college uh, for two years um again I'd have to move away from home and I couldn't take my horse with me and um college environments are just not great I was sort of done with school um yeah. And the other option was to go to the Saddlery Training Centre, which is in Salisbury. Um, and you go there for one week every two months um, and you do your exams. So they, you sort of have practicals. Um, so you learn to make something. Then you have the exam um, and you take it and you can progress up. Um, and there are people there doing 
saddle making exams and bridle making exams and harness exams. So I did the both bridle making and the saddle making exams. I'm um, sorry, bridle making and harness making exams. I decided not to do the saddles because I didn't want to go down saddlery, like as in saddle fitting. Um, mm. Just personal, personal experience. And I just, I knew that wasn't right for me. Um, so I took all my exams. I did my harness exam. Um, but I realized throughout taking my harness exams, I didn't actually enjoy harness that much. Um, it's a lot of heavy stitching, a lot of work that it's, it's hard to explain, but I just didn't have the love for it that I did for, for bridles. I really found my passion in bridles. Um, so um, I did that. Um, you have um, to be in the industry for four years um, and then you can apply to be a qualified um qualified bridle and harness maker with the Society of Master Saddlers um, or the SMS, you would have, the logo is very well known. Um, so um, it's, it's a very long-standing um, members group and it's, it's quite difficult to get into it and you have to have very high quality work. Um, so I got that and um, I decided that I still wanted to, Sort of like when you go to uni, you, you go to uni and you learn something. But if you want to expand your knowledge more, you do a doctorate. That's what I wanted to do in bridles. Um, I really want to learn from the best. Um, so I was um, I applied for a Quest funding, which is Queen Elizabeth Scholarship Trust funding. Um, that allowed me um, to train with a master bridal maker. I um, Izzy Russell of IR Bridles. Um, she's just a phenomenal bridal maker. Um, and she was able to help me. Similar format, I went to hers one week every two months. Um, and it gave me an amazing opportunity um, to sort of work with her. And we also combined, I brought things to the table, three, she brought things to the table, and we combined our sort of ideas um, to create sort of different different bridles and and problem solve and um sort of try and make the bridles as comfortable as possible for the horses um so from there um that was an amazing experience I did that um it was meant to be for two years but COVID sort of got in the way so it, we sort of extended it on a bit um and then that left me with seven years in the industry. And after seven years in the industry, I was able to um, apply to upgrade to master bridal maker. Um, and, and that's where I am now. Um, I'm also, um, I, I, I've recently passed the Society of Master Saddlers and Lantra qualification in bridal fitting. Um, so I, I've pretty got pretty much everything that you can do with bridles. Um, and, and I've built my business. Um, I'm at Kelly J Leather. Um, that was, I made Kelly J Leather back years ago when I first started bride um, making um, to pay for my funding um, because there was no government grants. I had to pay for it all myself. So I went to fairs and made dog collars and dog leads. Um, but now I'm solely bridles. Um, and I've got three amazing brand ambassadors, one five-star rider um, and two dressage riders and, and they're great. And I've managed to build a brand I'm really proud of. Um, and um, I occasionally sort of flick through horse and hand and go, oh, there's one of my bridles. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's sort of my, my story. Um, quick, 
run through of my story. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I've got to this point. Um, I, I am relatively young for um, to be a master bridal maker. Um, and I do sometimes get out the car. They talk to me and they see obviously my social media presence. And when I get out the car and people are like, oh she's a lot younger than I was expecting um and um, I've had a few comments like that but when I, I literally live and breathe bridles um when you're flicking through horse and hound everyone reads everything now I'm just looking at the bridles how they're yeah. fitted and um yeah um so that it, it, it's my life and I, I absolutely adore it Oh, what amazing achievement so well done for you like that's that's amazing and so forgive my ignorance so what is the difference of having which I'm sure most common questions if they may be starting with their first horse or something buying a bridle from a tax shop and then having someone like you who can get the bridle made and having it specially fitted um so I I don't sort of completely say oh no you can't ever get anything from the shop um it's that sometimes they fit okay. Um, there has been scientific studies that show um, that uh, ill-fitting bridle can actually reduce the performance. So a well-fitting bridle can increase the performance and people get a bit confused on, well, how does a bridle increase performance? Um, but the horse's sort of anatomy is so intertwined. Um, so if you have a buckle that is, um, pressing on the TMJ joint. So the TMJ joint um, or the temporomandibular joint, if you want to get nice and complicated, is almost, if you um, feel um, but below your um, ears um, on your jaw joint, and that is the, where we are. For horses, it's above the eye. So if you follow up the eye, there's a big lump, hard lump, and that's the TMJ joint. That is a really key area in the horse. Um, people ever think of pole pressure, um, mm -hmm. I actually say that TMJ joint is actually where it, it's most important. Um, there was um, one vet, um, it's not been a study, but a vet recently, um, there was a horse showing hind limb lameness. They couldn't work out where this lameness was coming from. They like x-rayed the hop, the stifle, nothing was coming in. They blocked out, so do a nerve block like you do mm -hmm. on the feet. They blocked out the TMJ joint, the horse became sound behind. So it shows how like different ends of the horse. So if you had a bridle that's ill fitting um, and my biggest bugbear is when you have like a noseband buckle right on that TMJ joint, that is right on the bony part. It's also where all the nerves and the eye and the brain, um, that can really irritate the horse. And then it would mean that your horse, um, like obviously it's not gonna be as severe as making it lame behind, um, but, has studies have shown us the horse is more comfortable their hind limb and their front limb flexion um increases mm -hmm. i've done gait um analysis on literally just two horses so i can't call it scientific studies because you have to have so much and you have to invest hundreds of thousands of pounds in it yeah. um, but i just wanted to do two horses um and i found in my results that both front limb and high limb um uh, flexions were increased so the stride is longer on the horse um and also i found that over the the back the horse was more through over the back and round um in the head and they were left over bent um i can't call it scientific um but it sort of it clearly showed and the the data was there 
Um, and it's relatively new people thinking about um, sort of how bridles can affect it. And, and it's again, it's like noseband tightnesses. We've only just realized what a tight noseband, what actually can happen with a horse and they stop breathing. So then they can't take in the oxygen. And um, again, that affects a performance. Um, it, there's so many different parts of it, um, of bridles that can help horses. Um, and I'm not saying you can go to a tack shop and buy a pretty good bridle. Um, and okay, the quality may not be there, but it, if every sort of, I, I always say you try and aim for the buckles to sort of line up um, from the corner of the eye. Um, mm. Doesn't matter if it's a little bit lower, but you just, as soon as you get higher towards the TMJ joint, you are causing some unnecessary pressure points to the horse. Um, and another thing that I, I do say is a lot of people always think pole pressure and, oh, I need an anatomically shaped headpiece. But sometimes that actually can do more harm than good. You're mm -hmm. sometimes better at going for a traditional, like plain headpiece with the, um, the noseband strap that sits underneath and the flat on the top. Yeah. Um, because sometimes um, the um, anatomical headpieces don't suit your horse. I, I'm forever seeing really wide behind the ears and although it's cut back it's still pushing because there's only a certain amount of space for some horses just like a girth groove you can't force the bridle headpiece over the to change it so what you're having to do is you're you're resting and you're the bright the um headpiece will be sort of banging into the atlas and c1 vertebrae mm. because there's no space for it um and so some people who it, it, it's tricky um it's tricky trying to find a balance um yeah. and and that's the thing every horse is so different and that's why i do say sometimes that made to measure is necessary um if your your horse has sort of very narrow between the ears um or um, is very narrow on the pole between the ears um because um sometimes if you have a really big fat headpiece what you're doing if you look at your horse its ears will be actually being pushed forward because the headpiece the pole is is too uh, the pole pad is just too big for your horse yeah um um and so there is and people always i get so fixated on pole pressure pole pressure pole pressure pole pressure scientific testing has been completely proven that there's actually more pressure behind the ears than on the pole mm -hmm. so it's sort of well, when you see things that reduce the poles or sometimes there's no padding over the pole, that may work for some, but not others. Not every horse is the same. Um, so, yeah, that, that sort of the thing with buying off the peg sometimes will work, but some horses it don't. And they do require sort of made to measure or performance bridles. Um, every horse is, um, is different. So do you so would if someone came to you and they've really brought a bridle, mm. is that something that you can fit it to the horse or is it always sort of recommended to have a made to measure bridle for that particular horse? Um, no, um, absolutely. I um, I can adjust their existing bridle. Um, nine times out of ten, I find the noseband buckle to the headpiece is too high. Um, that is a relatively cheap, simple um, adjustment. Um, 
It takes me for to shorten a buckle on a, a bridle, it takes me about 15 minutes. So you, you think that's not going to be an expensive job. Um, so, and, and there are other things, but sometimes I go to customers um, and I look at their bridle and like, there's so much that needs to be changed. Um, I also let my customers try my bridles as well. Um, so I have demo bridles that they can try for two weeks, um, again, to see whether their horse improves with them. Um, so you, you don't need to invest in hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get a bridle that fits. But sometimes the investment is actually over the course of time, it, it, it's better. Um, yeah. you, you think people go out and buy a 60 pound bridle and they'll have it for six months and then it will snap or the buckle will bend. And, and obviously that's a safety issue. Um, and yeah, in, investing in bridles, um, obviously I've been doing it for seven years now. Um, I've had customers who still have their same bridal for seven years and absolutely adore it. And they, well, I have an awful lot of return customers. So that shows that people will come back when they get another horse or refer me on to a friend. Um, but no, you, you don't, you don't have to have made to measure. Um, um, and I'm, I'm not the only one. Most saddlers would be able to adjust cheap pieces or those bands very, very quickly. So um, we're always, we're all out saddle fitters and bench saddlers we're all out to try and make the horse as comfortable as possible so we will try and help out as much as possible and um do you work with bit fitters as well then to make sure that you the bit is the right for the bridle and things as well um yes i can do um i have done a few times in the past um um i um with part of the um society of master saddlers um uh bridle fitting measuring um exams um we do have to have quite a lot of knowledge on bits and different types of bit and their actions um and then fitting bits as well um so i sort of have a sort of a good base knowledge i've also got i did the beta uh um loinery course so i i've got quite a lot of knowledge in that area um but anything really tricky um i do refer them on um, depending where they are um, sometimes a customer will call me up and they'll explain everything about their horse and I'll go mm, I don't think that I don't think a bridle will make a lot of difference I think you need to mm. speak to a dentist first a bit fitter first and then maybe come back to me um, okay. so yeah um, but I, I have worked with um, bit fitters in the past for particularly tricky horses um, especially um, sometimes trying to get double bits into sort of new forest conny horses can be a bit of a minefield trying to get them the doubles to fit um so in the past i've worked with um bit fitters and if someone wanted to have a made to measure bridle could you talk us through like the process of what do you do how long does it take to make like the whole process um yeah so um sort of Usually customers, um, I'm very active on social media. Um, so quite a lot of customers find me through there or if they're referred. Um, I'd like to, the start off is when they contact me, um, I just like to say, could we have a, it's usually about a 30 minute phone call. Um, I just take down um, just sort of information on the horse of what they're currently doing, what bit they're riding in, when they had last had their teeth checked. Sort of, I get a real broad overview of what I'm looking at. Um, it usually goes two ways. Um, if they're local, I, I really like to go out and 
bridal fit them. Mm. So I'll, I'll travel out um, and I'll do a, dry, a bridal um, um, fitting and measuring. Um, that takes about 45 minutes to an hour. So I'll assess the asymmetry of the horse's head and sort of checking um, that the eyes are level, that um, cheekbones are level, because there's surprisingly quite a few horses out there that have asymmetric heads. And mm. people are like, oh, I can never get my bit to lay straight. And it's like, oh, because if you look at your horse um, and it's just simple things that you don't always look at. Um, but as soon as I show customers, they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, so um, I measure up. And then um, I take it back from the workshop and um, I, I do all the um, adjustments to obviously have a perfect fit. Um, my lead time does vary quite a bit. I'm currently booked until um, early, um, yeah, very early August. So that's sort of three months-ish um, because obviously I'm a one-man band. I have to hand make, hand stitch everything. I'm not as fast as some other um companies that can have bridles made up and they just sort of fit parts um but I don't call that made to measure um but it's a, a tricky thing um when making a bridle um they can take between for what I sort of call my average bridle which is um, padded heppy padded nose band the different nose bands and reins can take between 16 and 22 hours to make um and that's completely hand stitching um, um, and then I will go out and bridle fit, um, fit the finished bridle, make sure there's no adjustments that need to be done because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Um, <laughs> if they're not local, um, I have a really easy to use app where um, it's actually um, run by another company, but I can use it and it's like an online form, but you can fill it out on your phone. Um, and it's like a very, very simple step-by-step -step guide how to measure your bridle um and it's it's not anything complicated it's just as when you're cleaning your bridle you strip it down and then there's photos of this is where you measure to um and then at the end it's upload the photos of your horse wearing the current bridle and then I can adjust them all um and and send them out um and send the the new bridle out um and that this means I've, I've got bridles in California uh, Bermuda Australia um and although I'd love to travel out there, yeah. I, it, it's not, I kind of, I've definitely tried to travel out to Bermuda recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it means, but, and even up sort of, I'm based in the South, I'm based in West Sussex, but I do sort of Gloucestershire, occasionally go to Essex, Devon, um, sort of the South as a whole. Um, um, sometimes I go up to Shropshire and um, because I've got family up there so I can combine it. Um, but it means I can still bridle fit to majority of or well, anywhere really. Um, and um, yeah, it, it means that I'm not sort of limited to the area um, and yeah, make a lot more horses happy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. And then with your leather, <clears throat> like where do you get your leather from? Is, do you try and keep it like within the UK or do you have to import it? Um, so my um, bridal leather, so the main part of the bridal um, is from a company called Ridgeways English Leather. Funny enough, it's English. Um, <laughs> I um, I'm very, very picky with my leather and um, I've actually um, I get it specially made to my spec. Um, I, I like um, a leather to be sort of quite um, 
very strong and people always go oh I really want a soft buttery leather sometimes that means that the leather will stretch and it won't last as long and it'll go fluffy um my uh, bridal leather it, it, it's quite I wouldn't call it stiff but it's substantial to start off with but like mm-hmm. after that the third or fourth use um it just it, it relax it softens and it is it's really hard to explain but I have customers come back to me and go I can't I've never had a bridal like this before. It's just amazing. Um, mm. They just wear really nicely. Um, the padding, um, so the, the leather that goes on the padding, although I buy it from a UK company, I think they import it from Italy. Um, mm. Just purely um, the, the, the quality. Again, I have to go for a high quality and I stock a huge amount of colours. Um, I think I've probably got in stock about 20 colors and I can get about 60 colors in um so I've, I've literally made neon green bridles um but also I have um like black and about six different browns um just because you're going bespoke you can go and sort of match the padding to your tailcoat so um I've noticed really um recently I've had a lot of gray padding which looks so smart and um and then a lot of people are going for the grey look for like grey hats and grey um, and they, they look really smart. Um, my um, fittings I get from a company called Abbey England. Again, they're all English. So um, that sort of um, buckled a few things that I do import um, because they're better. Um, I won't I won't sacrifice a better product for just having it English made. So although I make everything, I can't call it hundred percent English because there are different things that, um, and I would rather have, like I have, I buy the hook studs. So the little billets that go in reins, I actually import them um, for, from um, Denmark because they're just so much better. Mm. Um, and it sounds something so small and so simple, um, but they make a safer bridle um, and that they look better. So there's just little things like that. I, I would rather, um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have a better quality product, but if I can, I'll go for um, English made. Excellent. Well, I mean, it's, I think, I think lots of people are trying to keep it as like local or as British made as possible. And obviously I completely understand that sometimes there is some parts that you can't get, but if you think like the majority of it is made in the UK, well, made and designed and created in the UK, then I think loads of, a lot more people would prefer that than Mm -hmm. just imported from China or something like that. Yeah. And, And you get the customality of it. Um, literally the customers go oh can you do that and I'm like I can do literally anything if you want sparkles or neon flashing lights I could put those in (laughs) Um, it's sort of I I have customers going oh I quite like bling can you do a lot of bling I'm like I can do as much bling as you want Um, and that is and people it's something that is so sort of you can really personalize it and a customers who will come to me for the comfort and then they realize, Oh, I could actually have rose gold piping. And, and actually in the scheme of things, people think um, sort of custom saddles and custom boots, they're going to cost over thousands of pounds. Um, my, my snaffle bridles are 420 pounds. Okay. That is quite a lot for a bridle, mm. but you're getting a made to measure custom item. Um, so um 
and you would never get a custom saddle or a custom pair of boots for that. Um, so yeah, customers are shocked of the different options, the, the variety of different options. Um, and um, yeah, and it, it's, it's more affordable than most people think. Yeah, yeah, it sounds it as well. And um, I wanted to sort of have this sort of moment for you to have this space to talk about like literally anything you want to. So if it's anything you're like passionate about or if you have any offers on at the minute or anything else that you think we may not have covered so far, I want to give you this opportunity to have an open open area for you. Um. I would probably say I've not got any offers sadly on at the moment. I'm, I'm lovely and busy. Um, I do have, um, I don't just um, do bridles. Um, I, um, I have um, specially designed bridal bags so anyone can, so it doesn't squish the bridles. Um, I'm also a Matez stockist, an Equifist stockist. So I have sort of other things. Um, but if I would sort of take away one thing about it is just to get the listeners to go home and look at their bridle and their horse and and just sort of go do you think that looks comfortable um mm. are there is the am i doing the nose band up too tightly um does it really need a flash nose band could i try riding it without a flash and or maybe i could try it with a grackle um and sort of just sort of take a step back and look at your bridle and see if you could make it more comfortable um and any saddler, you, you don't need me, but any saddler will happily shorten cheeks or um, if, if they're a bench or, or and try and help you. Um, if you are unsure, um, the best way to do it is to take photos of your bridle on your horse and just send it to your saddler. Or um, um, I, I'm very happy. I'm always happy for people to send me messages going, I'm not sure about this fit of this nose band. It doesn't need to be any of my bridles. It can be a Miklum. It can be a piece of Sweden. I really don't mind. I will offer my advice for free um, because this, as saddlers, it's not a million pound industry. We're not here to make thousands and thousands of pounds. We're here to make horses more comfortable if that's saddle fitting or bridle fitting um, yeah. or harness fitting. <clears throat> so we are really happy to help. Um, and we, we are trying to be as open as possible for the industry and educate people. Um, but yeah, we, we don't bite. And um, just sort of take a step back, look at your bridle and um, and go from there because there's so many other things that we just don't, we don't think about until you sort of, people ask you um, and then you go, oh, no, that actually does make sense. Like my horse always gets really rubbed behind the ears. Maybe the headpiece is too big. Um, mm. And, and things like that so um yeah saddlers aren't here to bite um sometimes we're very bad at replying because we're usually a one-man band and we have to do our accounting and we have to do the marketing and 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 just sort of keeping on top of everything and we're usually quite creative and um obviously i'm extremely dyslexic so if anyone does send me a message and it sounds a bit strange that's just me trying to <laughs> um, quite a lot of other saddlers are also dyslexic because it's a creative industry um but yeah everything's out there um if you're unsure um on the society of master saddlers website so the sms website um there is a sort of a member search option so if you're looking for a saddle fitter you can put in your area and it'll come up with all the saddle fitters again with the bridal makers it'll come up with all the bridal makers in your 
um, area or bridal fitters. Um, and that's a great resource um, that we're sort of hoping to promote more um, because when you use a Society of Master Saddlers bridal fitter, it, it's, you know that it's someone you can sort of, usually that, that you can trust. And we've put so much time into our work um, and because we are a well-respected society, if someone does step out of line, you can, you've sort of got backup and you can sort of, um, the, the lady who runs it is called Hazel. If you've had a bad run-in with a saddler, unlucky experience, contact her and go, look, I've had this with this saddler. Would you be able to help? And society, that's what the society is there for, is to help customers to try and, and sort of, <sighs> not every saddler can find the perfect fit um bridle or saddle um but it sort of gives you a little bit of a backup and and we all do try our best um but sometimes horses are tricky little wickets <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah the, the best thing is to go, go onto the society of master saddlers website and do a search um for the bridal makers bridal fitters saddle fitters um and and that that's the best way to go Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I think we've covered absolutely loads in this episode. So I always round off each episode with some quick fire questions. So generally, are you a night in, night out person? Oh, 100% night in. I am 100%. 100%. I um, yeah, sit by the fire with my dog in the evenings. Um, yeah, I take that any day. Um, my friends usually have to drag me out. <laughs> are you tea or coffee um 50 50 throughout this interview i'm doing drinking tea i do love my coffee um but i only have two a day or i'm literally jumping off the walls <laughs> wellies or heels oh wellies don't own a pair of heels <laughs> sweet literally, oh sorry the yeah, time i dress up is for the society of master saddlers um exam um no um, competition that's held in london every year other than that, I'm in jobbers or um, workshop clothes. <laughs> Sweet or savoury? Um, probably savoury. And lastly, book or film? Probably film. Are yeah. there any films that you've seen recently that you would recommend? Uh, I, I, to be honest, I watch a lot of. Um, I watch a lot of um, series, but oh, I, I did actually watch um, Secretariat recently, um, one of my favourite films, and uh, close to my heart, my horses, um, Secretariat's my horse's great, 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 great grandfather. Oh, <laughs> they, they look very similar, so I, I always think, oh, look, there's flame. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, I'm going to have to look out for that one. Um, okay, so where can people find you, website, social media, anywhere, like any platforms, where can we find you? Um, so my website is really simple. It's www.kellyj, so just the letter J, leather.co.uk. I'm on Facebook, again, Kelly J space leather. And then on Instagram, again, the same, but with the underscore. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very active on social media. Um, I will usually reply very quickly um, if you want to a quick reply. Um, and also WhatsApp. Um, I don't get the best signal at home with my phone so I always get my customers to contact me by whatsapp and um that's connected to the wi-fi so I can reply pretty quickly excellent well thank you so much Kelly for coming on and explaining it all to us and um 
telling us more about bridal fittings and how it's you know important and stuff so thank you so much for your time no worries and as always guys if you love this episode which i'm sure you will because kelly's been fantastic please screenshot and tag kelly and i into your stories um, so we know that you're listening and i will speak to you all on the next episode if you listen to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people and i will speak to you all on the next episode